are all digital fundraisers now. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school. And as we've been talking throughout the pandemic and as the pandemic's contours have changed from one month to the next, one thing that has definitely emerged is digital fundraising. Certainly that was happening before the pandemic, but really increased substantially because of the pandemic as we were fundraising on Zoom, having online special events and relying on digital tools more than ever before. And of course, one thing we know is that digital never goes backwards, that once there's an advance, that advance then continues to grow exponentially moving forward. And we can expect that to happen with digital fundraising. We had a chance to discuss this topic with Justin Ware. Justin leads digital fundraising strategies for BWF, a national fundraising consulting firm. And Justin's role is to help nonprofits design and strengthen their digital fundraising strategies. Now, some fundraisers might think, you know, digital fundraising, that's for somebody else. I'm just not online very much. Or I might also think that's just for the largest nonprofits. That just is for the universities and the the hospitals and the the huge nonprofits, not for me, that I'm smaller, I'm more medium-sized. And, you know, Justin really emphasized the point that digital fundraising is for everybody, including for smaller nonprofits. There's certainly a high end in this. There's a, you know, a Salesforce marketing cloud platform and people to run that platform. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, potentially every year if you're going to do it right. But a single person nonprofit organization using their mobile phone and just committing to finding people who react well to video and using video on a regular basis, uh, doing that monthly video newsletter, as opposed to just sending out a, a sort of standard newsletter, doing something with video, um, you know, dropping people a, a quick video in a LinkedIn direct message. And, you know, again, those people who are active in that space, you should be connected. You're hopefully as a fundraiser, you're connected on LinkedIn. Um, you're on LinkedIn. Hopefully you're connected with a lot of your prospects on that particular social media network. It's one of the best ones to be active on. And then if you are, you'll see the ones who are often there. You'll see the ones that are popping up in your newsfeed on a regular basis. They're telling you something. They're saying, hey, I'm digitally active. And when it comes to contacting me, I'm going to respond well on digital because you can see that, that they're active in that space. So again, uh, instead of you know typing up a long email or you know sending them a note in the mail or something along those lines or picking up the phone and calling them, you know, providing one of those short video updates on a regular basis. So you can really, you can, you can, you can bring this all the way down to the basics and just using some of the simplest free tools and the things that, you know, all of us kind of walk around with on a regular basis, like our phones to, to effectively communicate. And then you can start ramping up. You can start getting more sophisticated with it. You can start looking at, you know, developing journeys, which again, you really don't need anything more than a MailChimp account. Uh, this, you know, you don't have to have marketing cloud or Marketo or Slate or something like that. All you need is MailChimp and a communications person, full-time, part-time, who kind of knows what they're doing there in that space. And you can start going down that journey, uh, that journey path. I mean, the, the simplest journey in the world that anybody can do with just about any email platform is sending people who are opening your email and pulling people out of the email campaign when they're not opening. And that's so important for a few different reasons. Number one, a lot of our emails go straight to spam folders. The reason why is because we consistently have 15, 20% open rates. And those email inbox providers are saying, that's not an email people want to hear from because they're not opening it. So if you send out an email, every email campaign, you immediately stop sending to people who don't open that first email message. And you might only be sending to 20, 25% of that list. But then what you'll see happen is that next email you send has about a 50 or 60% open rate. 
Again, drop off the 40, 50% who aren't opening. That third email, you're gonna be looking at a 70 or 80% open rate. And here's the thing, a lot of our client partners who do this raise more money from more donors because they're getting, by the time they get to that fourth email, which is the solicitation, right? There's some content, leading them along a path, helping make them aware, helping them consider their role in supporting the organization. And even though we started with a list of 10,000 and we only got 800, but we got a 50% conversion rate on that 800, again, more money from more donors. We're not burning people out who aren't interested at this point in time because they might be interested at some point and we can build them back into that next journey then and do the same process. But that's a journey. That, that's, that's a very simple journey that any MailChimp, Constant Contact, Emma, whatever you have, you can easily execute that by simply not sending people who aren't opening. And again, uh, more donors, more dollars, and a happier overall constituency. And uh, I would just add to that, um, there are those free tools. And you mentioned you had a survey result from ThankView, and that, that's the software application that's available to us at the Indiana University Foundation and can make that video look very nice with nice graphics and nice borders. Uh, interestingly, I just created my own unpublished YouTube channel, uh, recorded uh, thank you videos on the YouTube channel, and then sent the link via email. And I see my good friend and colleague, Eric Daubert, is in this meeting. Eric received my very first one back around uh, the end of the last year for a wonderful gift that he made uh, to our Dottie Rosso Scholarship Fund. And you know, it wasn't fancy, wasn't you know a, a formal app or anything like that. I used my phone and an unpublished YouTube channel, all free of charge from my at-home office at my home uh, and was able to get that out in, in a prompt manner. And uh, I would say, again, none of this is easy. We're not trying to paper coat this over and say this is just so simple. No, it is work. Uh, but I think one of the takeaways here from Justin is if you're in that group that says, ah, I'm just not digital, Digital's not my thing, that's really just not an option anymore, uh, that we really either have to skill up ourselves or find others who are comfortable in the digital space to implement the strategy. And, you know, Justin, one thing we recommend, and of course we're biased, are college students, maybe even high school students. Uh, and you call them fundraising intern. <laughs> and, you know, they're able to add something to their LinkedIn page with some professional experience and their resume, and they get some professional work experience. And, you know, they get, uh, you know, somebody who's an established professional who now can serve uh, as a reference. And so, again, starting where you are with what you have and doing the best you can, uh, building as much momentum as you can, and going from one step to the next. So, you know, Justin, the other thing is fundraisers have to have a sense of abundance and they have to have a sense of possibility. Uh, and I would just add that piece of recommendation and advice as well that, you know, if you, if you can't be all the way full speed, 100%, just like with fundraising, what can you do? And start with where you can with, with what we've learned today. Great advice. Yep. We, we had a question from Nan, um, and her particular context is a health foundation, uh, where for very wonderful reasons, there are a lot of privacy issues related to names and contact information. She's wondering how she can obtain some email addresses. And that for me also just opens the broader point of what are appropriate ways uh, to go on social media or other locations to try to find the contact information and the email addresses. You know, Parents are telling kids, don't be creeping around on social media. Uh, and at BWF and the fundraising school, we call that fundraising. So what, what's, what's the fine line ethically and in terms of what's appropriate in trying to obtain these um, email addresses, including Fernand, who's with the Health Foundation? You always want to opt in. I mean, I think opt-in is always important. And you want to provide lots of opportunities for people to opt in. Um, you know, as we build our email databases for first name and for BWF, uh, we're not 
we're not buying lists. Um, we're doing content marketing campaigns and we're hoping that people will be inspired to connect. And, you know, it's slow going at first, <clears throat> but it starts to expand uh, as you get more people viewing your content, more opportunities to, you know, sign up for a newsletter, uh, learn more about this, sign up for this event. And then you can actually start populating those lists, but you really, you really do want to opt in. There are plenty of ways and places from which we can buy lots of email lists. Um, I think increasingly um, because of what we just talked about with how spam is such an issue. I don't know if that's really the best, best approach. Um, I think if, if emails are what we're after, do a really smart paid social media campaign. You'll probably spend just as much money as you would, maybe less than actually buying a list of emails. But with the paid social campaign, you're getting people to sign up to give you their email address. You're not just, you know, carpet bombing them out of the blue. Um, that is a, a much better practice. So look at paid digital, look at social media campaigns, advertising campaigns, where you can target specifically who you want to target. So you can build a geofence around an area where you can talk about, you know, particular interests and, and everything from capacity indicators to specifically the type of nonprofit organizations they support. And in doing that, and encourage people to sign up to give you their email in that way, you're starting off on a much better foot and you can go right into those journeys. And that can be the first part of a journey uh, and be much more successful in the end, which ultimately, of course, is a fundraising metric. Always a delight to learn from the expertise of Justin Ware on digital fundraising and how that's emerging for all nonprofits. And that's why at the Fundraising School, we have created a new certificate in digital fundraising. We offered the first course in the summer. We're going to offer that first course again in the fall. And the second course is going to come along later in the fall with the third course. And you need all three to earn the certificate. That third course will be available in the first half of 2022. Now, those are just some of the 20 public courses that we offer at the fundraising school. Some of those courses are in person at our international headquarters city of Indianapolis and gradually in other cities across the United States. We can also bring those public courses to you online, either recorded or live, depending on the course. We can do custom training for you, or we can design training specifically for your nonprofit, your association, your region. We can do that in person or online, whatever works best for you. We have these free podcasts that come out every week, quarterly webinars, and all of this information is available online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Thanks again to our guest, Justin Ware of BWF. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.